Hello, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Anna Rettberg. And I'm Casey Muratori. It's the first week of our new month of July, and our theme is nautical movies. And our first movie is Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Very long title. Yes, uh, not a great title, if we're honest. I mean, it's named, it's the books, right? Like, it's named after the book. The book, I mean, the series is Master and Commander, and then yes. it's like underscore, colon, yes, the I, far side of the world. I think this this movie is a case of people, like, a dramatic overestimation yeah. about the value of the brand Master and Commander. Like, there's a lot of hardcore fans of that book series. Mm-hmm. It does not mean anything to the public at large. Mm-hmm. And so calling it Master Commander Colin the Far Side of the Earth was probably like world. sorry world was probably part of the reason this movie did not do very well and they didn't make the rest of the series because it's like I can't imagine the title is the reason. I dude, it's one of those titles that you're like what is that? I remember when Master Commander went out, I was like, what's that? I was like, I don't know, it's some book series thing. Like, you know, hmm. and so I think like if it had been called and not this exactly. If it had been called something like, you know, uh, uh, Hardy Men at Sea in Battle, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, it's like going to be like a s- sort of a serious war picture on the seas. Like, you know, I think that probably plays to a wider audience. They're like, oh, cool. Like, I, I like Saving Private Ryan. I like, you know, I like these Maybe. kinds of... Uh, so I'm not suggesting that would have saved the movie. I'm just saying it, it title-wise... I think they may have hurt themselves with this title. I, I, I honestly, I have no idea. I will say it's a real bummer to me that they never made more. Actually, I think there was recently talk of like them making more. It should be a, <clears throat> like a Netflix or a Hulu thing. Um, like it should, it should be a series because there's but, so much material in those books. Yeah, they're hu- there's well, a huge series. I, I love this movie. I you love do. it. I've, I've. You do. It's, <laughs> it's actually. I have. Uh, this is probably not worth keeping in the podcast. But like, I have this problem. Keep it in the podcast. I have this problem. Okay, not anymore because now I remember. But uh, I had this problem for a while because Master and Commander would always be like in the bargain Blu-ray bin (laughs) at like any you know Best Buy or whatever, and I would always see it and be like, Master and Commander, I love that movie, and I would buy it because it was like six dollars or something, and I'd get home and I'd be like, I already have Master and Commander, (laughs) and I ended up buying like three copies of it. Uh, anyway, so that's staying in the podcast. Okay, there, there's no way I'm letting you edit that. So out. I don't buy it anymore because I know, I know now. I'm like, I own Master and Commander, I own it. Um, but anyway, I, I this I love this movie. I've always I've liked this movie for a long time. Um, it's do it's it's hitting on a few of my favorite kind of movie things, which is like super immersive, like period piece kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. where there's like a really intense like attention to detail where mm-hmm. it feels extremely authentic yes where you're like you get totally lost in this world it just feels like you're there yes um it's really character focused it's kind of like slice of life e in a way it's like it's really just talking about the experience these people are having yes um and i, I it's just and it works so well on all those things um the the action is exciting and dramatic um the imagery is is fantastic I the, just think the imagery or the cinematography. Uh, like, what do you mean by imagery? What I, I guess mean by imagery, I guess, is just like because it's fairly literal. Like, it feels pretty literal. But I, I guess I just feel like the there's sort of I think an appreciation in the way it's shot for how cool these ships are. Okay, I see. Um, 
the the you know the framing of shots in the you know the the I see there there's just a love there's a real affection in the filmmaking for, for tall ships for tall ships and how yeah. cool and like understanding like what it is about this kind of warfare or experience even just if you take the war part out of it that's like kind of romantic and cool um, I, there's no other movie that I'm aware of that really shows tall ships like this. Um, yeah, I would agree that the, it's one of the strengths of the movie. Uh, actually, I should say first that the num- the first th- I'm looking at my notes here. Yeah, and the first thing I wrote down was uh, I liked the Avengers digs, and I think the Avengers. Yeah, digs? and I think that's because this are these are my notes for Birdman. So I'm gonna flip the <laughs> notebook over. Um, <laughs> Because I'm pretty Wrong sure movie. I'm pretty sure there were no Avengers digs <laughs> in Master say, and Avengers Commander. Avengers didn't exist though. Um, maybe there are. Well, Avengers existed, just not the movies. Well, okay. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's not about Master and Commander. But if anyone out there in the movie club caught some some, some snide Aven- Avengers yeah. digs uh, and appreciated them, that that was for you. Uh, yeah. What I was gonna say about Master and Commander: Colon, uh, the far side of the world. Colon, the far side. Of the world, you know, <laughs> and on the notebook, yeah. I did. I just found the heading for it. It doesn't say "Master and Commander: The Far Side of the World." What does it, it say? It says "Master and Commander: The Far Side of the Ocean." <laughs> I, I did. I, I don't think that was a joke. I think my brain just wasn't okay. Well, you called it the Earth earlier. You, yeah. you, you. Clearly, I, I don't. It's the far side of something. You have a hard time with this title. I would love it if Gary Larson's The Far Side <laughs> was somehow involved in this. Right, yeah. right, yeah. It's a Far Side. It's not a Master and Commander <laughs> license. It's a Far Side. It's got like Russell Crowe standing still in front of like a cow saying something humorous is like the majority of the movie. That's right. Anyway, uh, the thing I was going to say was I think the movie has, for me, it its strength and its weakness are like the same thing. Hmm. So in this movie, I feel like, and in the opening, uh, you know, 20 minutes of the film, you really see it uh, as a strength. Which it's is, a great opening. It's a good opening. And you, it's like this sort of, the pure like chaos yes. of just like, I don't know, like... Yeah, because I think I think the the chaos of battle is... Like, it, it's sometimes kind of hard to follow, but I think that just feels authentic to what this kind of battle is like. I mean, they don't even know... You wouldn't... You have the time, you don't even probably know who's on... They were, like, tying... They wrap the, the scarves around their arms to, be like, know who's on their side because, yeah. like, it's just... It's madness. It's chaos. Yeah, and to me, I think that was also the weakness of the mm-hmm. movie because the movie... It's not Dunkirk... Like, mm-hmm. there is a plot to this movie, and we're supposed to care, like, when people die or do stuff, but I never did. And the reason for that is I never knew who anyone was. There's, like, a guy who drowns in this movie. He was up on the top of the mast. Yes, yeah. And it, like, breaks off or something. Uh, yeah, it breaks off. During and the storm, yeah. it falls into the, the water and he's like going to drown. They have to cut the line to get that out of there because it was going to pull the ship down so he won't be saved. Even now, in retrospect, and having seen this movie twice, this is the second time I've seen this movie, I have no idea who that was at all. I know I was supposed to know something about that character 
and I know there were scenes with that character. I think was he one of the guys who came with the boat? I think he's one of the with the yeah. I think he was one of the two guys who yeah who brought the boat, who made the little boat model. Yeah, but like. In that scene, I had no idea who that was. None at all. I'm just like, I don't know who that is up there. I, I, I'm i sure I'm supposed to know. I don't. And that was like a repeating theme in this movie. Like once in a while, one of the things I really liked about the fact that like there's one of the characters is this little kid mm-hmm. who loses his arm. Yeah. I felt like he was one of the only characters in this movie who I could relate to because he's distinctive looking enough. Mm-hmm. You know, no arm. He's got blonde hair. He's a little kid. Mm-hmm. That I knew when he was doing stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, it's that kid, mm-hmm. right? And everyone else was just like a blur of people running around. And I felt like while that works great in the opening to like establish for me like the the sheer chaos of trying to run one of these ships in a – even in not even a war scenario, just mm-hmm. like rough seas would be this way probably, right? Um It, it just made the, all of the story stuff hard for me to hmm. get into. So it was like a – it was like a a balance issue there, I guess. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Yeah, I, I guess I sort of agree, but sort of disagree. Like, I like that there are a lot of characters because, I mean, there's like 200 people on this ship, right? Like, you, you need to, I feel like having a bunch of characters be people who get little moments throughout so you kind of remember their faces. Um, I did have a hard time with the guy who fell in the water just because you never really could clearly see his face because it was, you know, it was... A storm and dark and like you know so you never really got a good look at like who it actually yeah, was yeah um which i think was part of the issue there um because i know for the rest of the movie like even though I, I kind of like it's like you don't really know characters names which i'm terrible at remembering remembering but the faces i i didn't have a hard time with um and i like that there's so many of them there's like i mean there's probably like 10 12 characters who are on this ship who get like little moments who you kind of get a little taste of who their character is. Yeah. And I just, I, th- I, I really like that. Um, and I, I think they did a decent job with the casting. Like they all look kind of different except for, I think there's a handful of the younger men who look a little similar. Yeah. Um, well, I, and just to be clear, it's not just that it's hard to tell who people are. Mm-hmm. I mean that in like the lowercase and capital W like, Sometimes I knew who someone was. Like, okay, this person is distinctive. Mm-hmm. But they just don't have enough scenes in the story for me to know or care who they are. Like, the guy who commits suicide by jumping off the side with a cannonball, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that guy. I couldn't tell you a single thing about him other than he's obviously a crappy officer. If you have one scene with him where we establish his crappy, that's it. I don't know anything yeah, about oh, that at guy. At the very beginning, when he fir- he's the first one to see the, the uh, Acheron. No, uh, that's not something about the guy. I mean, we know that well, he's but no, but it does. It, it shows that he's yeah. unsure. He's, he's unsure. not confident yeah. in, in. But I don't know anything about him. I, I have no idea. Like the first time I really get to know something about him is when he's talking to Russell Crowe about the fact that the guy, like, kind of, you know, bumped into him up on deck mm-hmm. in a disrespectful way. And you know, it's just like, okay, I don't. I've never even heard the conversation really with this guy where he talks about something, it, it just, it's, it, it doesn't have, again, we, we've seen this before with movies. Yeah. Like, like I want characters, if you expect me to care about characters, I need to know a little bit about them first. I need to get them situated. Hmm. I don't generally just care about somebody who's kind of vaguely there, right? And I think this movie has a lot of problems with that. Probably, again, because it comes, I'm sure the book 
doesn't have this problem because there's so much more space. In I do a book. think you, you can know what see, I mean. There are times at this where you kind of feel the fact that it's a book. Yeah, you're like, I'm sure the reason. Like, I'm like, why is this character even in the movie? And the answer is because he was probably a lot more fleshed out in the book. And so people who read the book go, Oh, that's the old man who always says the Bible quotes or whatever, and it's great. But it's like in the movie, I'm just like, it's not. Great. I guess, but for me, I, you know? I, I, so, I, don't I, know. I disagree just because I, I guess I like. Uh, I just like the ca- the fact that they're they take a little time to flesh out so many people. I think for yeah for it, it makes it feel like this crew and this ship with lots of people on it in a lived in space. Like the, all these people have to interact with each other. If you really just yes fleshed no, I out, I mean, and they do spend the most time with uh, you know Aubrey and the and the doctor. The, yes, exactly, yeah. and and the little the younger uh, the boy who loses his yes. arm is actually pretty uh, main character as well. Um, and so they they do take the time to really flesh out a handful of characters, but I just like I like that there's a lot of different characters in a lot of different positions um, throughout the ship doing different roles, and, yes. and you'd get a little bit of time, not a lot, but a little bit, just to so to, so you know that they're a person. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. just like some background extra or something. It kind of just for me that makes the movie feel immersive, I guess. Because people, you yeah. don't always get to know everybody, but you feel like they're people. And I guess that's that that works for me. And I would say that's why I say strength and weakness. Like, yeah. that's the reason I don't say, oh, this is bad. Right. Because I don't think it's bad. It's just I think it's it's split because it helps me get invested environmentally in mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. And it hurts me getting invested emotionally in the movie. That's why I think it's a problem. Like, if there's going to, and it part of it has to do too with the way the film is shot around certain things. Like, we are supposed to care that that dude commits suicide. Like, it's shot in this dramatic way with like a slow motion, like splash of water. It's like I don't care about that guy at all. Uh, yeah, at that I point guess in the movie. I just, you I, know what I, I mean. I, I, um, I guess I feel, I do feel. Bad for him. I feel pity for him. I, I so like those sorts of things. What I'm responding to is none of that stuff landed for mm-hmm. me, and I'm quite sure the reason is just because not enough time spent with these people. Right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of like saying someone committed suicide who you know you was the checkout person at the supermarket one time when you were buying groceries and you said hello. And I'm like, okay, like it's a shame that that happened, but as a visceral emotional impact I feel nothing because I don't know the person that's like an interesting way to frame Um, it because like I'm the type of person who would be very like sad about that right like I would be like oh that's so exactly like like for me it's like I'm like okay like well people commit suicide every day right where it's like you know someone I knew who commits suicide like I actually knew personally that's very hard to take right and you know a movie's trying to get you somewhere in between there in my opinion like when you're Unless it's just a movie that just says, like, oh, someone committed suicide and we don't care and moves sure. on. But that's not what happens really in this movie. Although, amusingly, the funeral kind of is like that. Like, <laughs> Russell Crowe's just like, yep, he's dead. Let's go back to work. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in some sense, they did a good job of making me roughly well, be also, on Russell Crowe's page. I, kind, but, I also, yeah. you know, a little bit separately, but a, a thing I, I do really like about that whole thing with that particular character who who everyone starts to think is like cursed right because they're like yeah. stuck there's no wind it's hot yeah. they're and they're starting to they're, they're starting to get a bit superstitious mm-hmm. and it's such an immersive movie you almost feel like you're part of it and you almost start to believe it too and then at the end like after this 
this man commits suicide, the wind starts again. It's like, yes, there's something about the ocean. There's something about the, right, the, yeah. the sea. Um, you kind of buy into them. They're maybe even a little bit true. There's, there's, You know what I mean? And I kind of, I liked that. Um, I guess I have nothing to say about that other than to remind the viewing audience that probably individuals aren't cursed and cause less wind on the seas. Although I suppose we don't know for sure. We don't know, man. Maybe someday science. Disclaimer. Well, disclaimer. We do not. We do not encourage anyone to think that people can be cursed and can cause the winds to stop on the seas. Yes, that's right. Disclaimer. Star. (laughs) Please do not imagine that anyone is cursed and is giving you bad luck. Master and Commander Colon, the far side of the world, asterisk, curses may not be representative of the real world. (laughs) That's right. So, yeah, I guess there's some stuff I would mention. Well, really quick, though, just swinging, swinging back around to the character thing. Oh, you're swinging, are you? Back around. Okay. Because um, I, I kind of feel like what you're saying, I get, well, it doesn't bother me. It's sort of true. But at the same time, like, there are characters who we do really get to know pretty well. So I feel like that, is that not, like, enough for you? I would argue that even the characters that we quote-unquote get to know very well, we really don't know very well. Like, we spend a lot of time with the captain and the doctor, and really the only thing we know is a point of contention between them. We sort of know, like, that the doctor really likes animals or nature, Mm -hmm. and we sort of know that Aubrey really likes not losing in battle... I guess. But, like, tell me all about uh, the captain's feelings. Like, uh, does does he have a wife or not? Is he interested in having children? Well, we do see him writing a a letter to Sophie, I have no idea. Sophie, I think. And he looks at a woman uh, on the boats. Mm Mm-hmm. And and like it's like I really don't I don't really know does is he unhappy or happy with his life how it turned out is this I, I just have no idea I feel like it's I interesting really you seem like um, you need a lot more than I do like I, I'm I don't need that much I don't know it's not really need it's just uh, more of a statement of like how was the character development I'm like eh, not very good. Right, it's it's not. I'm not suggesting that yeah. somehow it needs to be fantastic because not all movies have fantastic. But like, if you asked me how the character development, I'd be like, fairly well, poor. I, I no, would say because I mean I think back back to one of the things I kind of like about this movie is it's like it's not really a movie that's about character development so much. It's about some people in a situation and that experience, and they're not gonna like start at point A and end at point B. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's your for me. It feels Whoa. more like here's these events that are happening to this group of people over this course of time. They do go through changes, but yes, but at the end of the day, they feel kind of just like humans to me, like people who, who aren't going to have this big arc. But the movie does. I mean, so if you were saying all these things about Dunkirk, I'd be like, yes. And I didn't have this problem with Dunkirk because I'm like, you know what? There is no, this movie is not about like, emotions or struggle or any of these things it's about just you seeing what this was like that's just what it is yeah i don't feel the kind of the Um, emotional the sort of emotional attachment to these characters that are master commander i don't feel about dunkirk right and i'm saying for this movie i don't get that from it at all like i don't that's so interesting because i find so many of the characters so like appealing and and memorable um and i like that like i yeah well I guess what I would say is 
I suspect, and I could be very wrong, but I suspect that this is the movie's big, what I'm saying is the movie's big problem, why it didn't resonate with people, because it, it is a movie that didn't succeed. And I think when you look at it, it's like, okay, it's got a lot of that like cacophony and looks good and it's burly men at sea and all this stuff. And you're like, why, you know, uh, <clears throat> don't people want to see this movie or when they saw this movie didn't you know, tell their friends or whatever. And I, I really think it's because it doesn't have the kind of investment in what's going on that you need as a bare minimum. And I can appreciate the rest of the movie because I do enjoy watching several parts of this movie. But as a movie, I just don't think it works very well, hmm. especially because there's the it has the appearance of a movie which has an emotional arc to it. So <clears throat> the primary thing is like the doctor and the captain are there's a question about like how far the captain is willing to go to pursue the vessel. Yes. Yeah. Right. Versus like, you know, consider the the lives and safety of his Yes. Crew. And when the doctor gets shot, he like basically has like a moment of I have to decide exactly how much I'm willing to, like... Right, because it's right? like, at that very moment, they, they find the, the Acheron, so and it's like, he has to decide, do we pursue we it? we pursue it, or... Because the Doctor may well die if if we do. Or I can take him to land, and we can maybe operate on him and possibly save his life. And he chooses to, you know... He chooses to save the Doctor instead of pursue uh, the Acheron, right? Again, watching this, I'm like, yeah, all right. Really? That should have been That's huge. So interesting. And it's it's even shot like they don't care. Like you can see in the cinematography to me anyway, the lack of them caring about this. The length of the shots in there, they try to do a thing where they show the cello, it's a cello. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I don't. Yeah. yeah. They show the cello that the doctor played as like this brief little cut of Russell Crowe like looking at it and it's so rushed it just kind of feels like it's like oh yeah uh, he's supposed to kind of care about this guy right I don't know show the show. it's so weird it just doesn't work for me that's so weird so. it works really well for me it works really well for me okay uh, I I love the relationship between those two characters and uh, I, I I love that moment I don't know it works really well for me um I just have a very different response to this movie. I, I think so, yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't really know why, because for me, it feels like there's enough there. Like, uh, and maybe I, maybe I'm like reading into it too, like more than you are, or, or I just need less to to become attached to characters is maybe part of it. Like to me, you can really feel the like camaraderie of these people um, who are stuck together in this box <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, right? I don't know, and maybe I'm maybe I'm just like reading into it more than what's there. I don't know, but I certainly don't have. I I I feel quite attached to the characters in this movie. I mean, that's that's definitely the difference. I mean, there's no question it, the difference between our reactions to the movie for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and I'm also like the other thing too is like I'm in this movie. I'm engrossed the entire time. It I'm, is ver so I'm very bored. immersed. Okay, so I'm very bored. Oh, this, really? Yeah. Like, I could watch three more hours of this movie. I love it. I, I, okay, yeah. I am like lost in this this whole experience. At no point am I bored. Um, at no point am I like 
you know, having to like force myself to focus, I am like fully in. Like by the time, so give a concrete example. So like by the time they're looking at a spyglass through like iguanas or whatever is happening, I'm like, oh my God. Like, are you serious? I'm like, I don't know who half of these people really are. And you're taking time to show me a puffin or whatever the heck it is. I'm like, what is happening in this Man, film? that's so, yeah. this is clearly just a me movie and not a you movie. Yes. Cause like, no, you know, absolutely. Although it's not, it's not not a me movie. Like, I don't hate this movie. Right, right. I just think it's, it's kind of like middle of the road, right? Interesting, yeah, because for um, me, it's whereas you do, love it. I, I love movies that like take their time and mm-hmm. let characters just sort of take in, the, like that, yeah, that feel really immersive, that spend time letting the movie breathe, right? Like, I think this movie is also really great for me in that way where it has intense, really intense moments, right, of battle. It starts out with one and then it kind of dips really low to this, like, very relaxing, almost just not boring in the sense that I'm bored, but, like, for the people on the boat, they're probably fairly bored. They're just doing their work. They're just It's just everyday kind of life, which is what most of being on one of these ships would have been, right, is, is that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it kind of crescendos again into into like an, it, it, I love that that sort of the dynamics I guess of this movie right where it it can get really loud and really big and then really quiet and and they take they like explore all these different types of situations you could end up in um, with one of these tall ships and and they don't they they don't feel like they need to explain everything either which I really like. Um, about like life on the uh, ship because I feel like I no, feel like... I don't know. I'm I'm gonna part ways with you there too. One of the things I wrote down to complain about in this movie was I didn't like the sort of like uh, explanation fetish- fetishism. Hmm. Like I don't need you to tell me what a sextant is. Like, but the movie loves to do that. It's like, oh, let's let's. <sighs> For somehow the people in the officers' quarters don't know what the weather gauge is, so we're going to like explain that. But it's like it's clearly for the audience, not the thing. And that was there was a bunch of that stuff, hmm. right? Uh, and once in a while, it was uh, like not that way. There was an explanation that was actually relevant. Like the nature natural animals cam- camouflage themselves is a plot point, but most of the things were just like okay, they wanted to get some tall ship stuff in here, so we're gonna have people looking at a sextant as if everyone on a ship who's been out to sea for that long doesn't know what a sextant is. Well, wasn't which, he explaining that to the young boys? How do they not know? It doesn't make sense. I mean, maybe they don't. It's. I was it's just, just assuming it's like, well, the, part of the, these young boys being on the ship is that they're going to be trained. I don't know. They would be trained, but not. they wouldn't not know what something was that fundamental. I mean, maybe they would. I'm not even... I'm not even trying to say that it's unrealistic because how do I know I wasn't there on a tall ship in 1870 or whatever no, it was. No, more like 1800. 1800. Eight, oh, right. It was Napoleonic 18, Wars. That's true. It said like – they mentioned that a couple times in the movie where they're like, you know, Napoleon they're, – they're, they're talking about possibly England being attacked mm-hmm. and Napoleon being in power. I don't know. Anyway, the point is that stuff was weird to me. It it felt like always like this digression where they went out of way their way to sort of like hmm. you know uh, fetishize some little thing, huh. and you're just like maybe okay. I didn't notice it because I'm the audience for that. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe yes. I'm the type of person who likes that kind of thing. I don't know. I didn't really notice it a lot because I just felt like there was so much attention to detail in this movie. Um, 
with the historical accuracy stuff and very little of it that they ever bothered to try to explain. It just, for me, it just felt pretty immersive because I, I love that they had, like, everything from the from the costumes, the yeah. sets, the, the makeup and hair where people look gross and, and the teeth are all bad. And I just yeah. love how it just feels completely like you're in this place in this time. There's never anything yeah. that makes you, that pulls you out of that. Well, I, and... I liked it much – I always liked it much more when they weren't doing that. So, like, the part with the sex and the weather gauge and those things, I I just felt – they felt really out of place, mm-hmm. too. Because I liked – the rest of the time, they'd just be like, hey, blah needs to go do the blah sale or something. Right, right, and right. And nobody explains what that is. And I'm like, that feels a lot more authentic because nobody was, on this ship is not going to know, like, well, a basic and I sailing like that term was the vast, that I know. The vast right? majority of the movie was that. The number of yes. times where someone does ex- explain something is is pretty minimal. It's like three or four, though, which is, it's like I say, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's like, why is that happening? Maybe, yeah. Right? And it just kind of feels like there was some, I don't know, like that they just thought that was like a cool thing. And I, I actually think I read this book. I may have. Oh, really? I'm, I, or I read part of it or and one didn't of like series. it very much. Yeah. It has a lot of that, is my recollection. Uh, well, a book, they'll, would. they'll I mean, be like the a, whole, a three page description of like the fact that Mangosteen's were delicious or yeah, something, but that's right? I mean, that's the kind of book that, you know, that's what people yeah. are looking for. Well, that that's what I'm saying. Book. So yeah. I think, I, I don't think I'm hallucinating. I think that's that coming through. Like, the the people who made this movie probably read the books and or liked the books, or at least somebody did. Well, I think they, they, were, right? they were really interested in accuracy. Like, and they wanted to, like, <clears throat> there was this scene where they talk about how a sextant works, mm-hmm. so that's in the film, briefly, right? And it's like, nah, okay. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I'm making that up, but I have a feeling. Uh, I don't know. For me, it was just like that was so minimal compared to the majority of the movie, which doesn't have any of that, that I hardly even noticed it. Um, whereas I guess it was the opposite for you. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it the if you were doing it throughout, maybe I would have noticed it less, but then it probably just would have been insufferable. Yeah, because you, it, it only happened been, a few yeah. times, it stuck out. I was like, oh, that's kind of gross. And then, yeah. you know, but. But anyway, I... I I feel like it was just really cool. Like I've been on one of these. I've I've been on like the HMS Victory, ah, which was Nelson's ship. Yes, which Lord is a lot bigger, Nelson. a lot bigger than the one that they're on. I'm sure. Um, but it looks exactly like like the lanterns are the same, and the like the ropes and the the cannons, and it's like all the same. It's just yeah. you know, it's so those those ships are just so cool. Yeah, yeah, they and are. um. And I just really appreciated that there was so much affection in this movie for the history and and being as accurate as as they could. And I just I, that feels so rare to me to have a movie where the you know everything from the casting to the it, right, like it's all accurate. They were only really concerned with accuracy and trying to m- make you feel like you are transported back in time to a certain place. And uh, I just it's that's so cool to me. It's the closest thing to time travel that you can get, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I just love that. It does feel like a very good period piece. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, some period pieces are better than others, right? And it feels like they did a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. So I said, um, I don't, there's not a single moment in this movie that I can think of where I am, where it breaks, the, the, the illusion, the illusion breaks. I'm there 100% <clears throat> of this movie. Also, I would add that uh, because they probably shot a lot of things like practical, because it's an older film. Mm-hmm. So it's like, probably mostly a real boat a lot of the time mm-hmm. or a real part of a boat or something. It I, I never like thought I was looking at a green screen or felt, you know, like everything looks 
totally believable the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas sometimes movies like this, it doesn't, yep. you know. Uh, and so I, I appreciated the the um, what's the word I'm looking at? the meticulous yeah, yeah. filming where nothing looked like they were on a soundstage yep. or whatever. They always looked like they were actually out at sea mm-hmm. on a real boat. Yeah, and um, like when you're seeing <coughs> stuff that it's just you so. know like when they're in the storm. And the wind's really strong, and, the, really and they're realistic. like tipped so far yeah. over, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, it's just things you'll never yeah. ever see in your entire life, but you're seeing in this yeah. movie, and and it's just like and some this of those really shots cool experience. Pre- had to be CG or something. I mean, you can't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they could have filmed some of those shots with the. But it's like I never really noticed. Yeah. I, I never felt like it's like, oh, that's you know a, yeah. just a fake boat in a you know yeah. render or something. And yep. it's like, no, I I was pretty much. Never really had a time where I was like, that looks fake. So and I, I just, liked that. I liked, I, I think I sort of mentioned this a little before, but I did like how they, 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 they sent, they, they like, they put this crew through so much stuff. They, they go through two battles. One, the first battle, they get absolutely demolished. It's not really a battle. It's, it's more a, just it's like they get shot and they <laughs> yeah. leave. Yeah. Um, but it was so cool. I love the way that they like repaired the boat at sea. Um, it was so cool. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot. I was like, how do you fix a boat? I'm yeah. like, well, of course they know how to fix a boat. And then they do. Um, and I just like, that was really. I always wondered, like, did they just have giant piles of lumber in the basement of the ship, basically, in the in the lowest They must have had a certain amount of stuff. Well, they did mention, like, they didn't, they couldn't repair the main mast because they right, were like, they don't we have can't. anything like that. Well, they're yeah. like, we can't go truck through the Amazon looking for, yeah. like, a yeah, giant tree or whatever. Um, but for, I would <laughs> assume they, and they, they it, at one point it looked like they were even breaking apart the wood and reusing wood from a f- like a part a fallen mast or part of the boat like yeah. um but i like it's like multiple times in this movie they give the ship a makeover like at one yeah. they like they dress it up to look like a whaling ship like i just like that that kind of thing where um for some for people like us like you put us on one of those you wouldn't know what anything is or how it works but they all just like it's their workplace it's what they do yes and they just they can do whatever they need to do and it's it's that's pretty cool I also liked like when the little kids made the boat. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not little kids. They're you know. Oh, they're probably like teenagers. Teenagers or twenty years old or something. They're I don't know, young adult. Well, I guess one of them would marry. Um, was married, so yeah, he was probably 20, twenty or something. Yeah. He. I liked when they built the little thing, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, okay, you know, it. Everyone here is going to be a woodworker. Yeah. And some of them are probably pretty good woodworkers. Yeah. So it's plausible that like this kid could build a little model, uh, because like. That's actually one of the few specific skills mm-hmm. you would likely have mm-hmm. on a boat. Yeah, I just it's right? it's kind of cool to see the competence. It's cool to see sailing. the competence because it's like, you know, it's it, it almost reminds me a little bit of like the Star Trek thing, which makes sense because Star Trek is just that, but like in the future, right? But it's that feeling of like everyone is pretty competent for the most yes. part and knows and has a job and does their job and does it to the best of their ability. Um, and like in this movie, you actually get to see a little bit of what that is on a, what is that job? What is that like competence like on one of these tall ships? And it's just kind of, it's cool. Um, but yeah, so, well, I never got to my actual point though, which was, I like that we get to see the ship and the crew go through so many different like phases. Uh, so what I was going to say, yes, you get right, to see the, yes, the, yes. the battle and the damage ship. You get to see them going through a storm. You get yeah. to go see them going through the snow and the cold. You get to see them in the in the heat and the, the when there's no wind at all. Um, you get to right and and all of those different like experiences that you can have on one of these ships. You kind of get a little bit of of all of it, which is it's kind of it's kind of fun. 
So one of the things that was kind of hard to uh, understand exactly how it worked was like in the in the broader plot of the movie, I I never really quite understood how like when they were doing the pursuit in like the storm and stuff mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. or even before that, they were just following this boat behind it. That scene, by the way. The scene where they like use the fog and then like flip around and end up behind it yeah. reminds me of like Wrath of Khan. <laughs> I was thinking of of yes, uh, the, yes. the, the, like the Mutara Nebula stuff. Yes. Um. Anyway, this to say because we had talked about with that with Wrath of Khan how that's sort of inspired by uh, nautical battles, whether yes. it's submarine or tall ship or whatever. And so it was kind of fun. It's like yeah, this is like the uh, the OG yes. version of that. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, sorry to interrupt, but uh, no. So the thing that was kind of confusing to me is. I didn't really understand what the plan was for it pursuing them. I, I never really quite understood that because why, if, why pursue them? Not why pursue them. I understood why they wanted <clears throat> to pursue them. I mean, lightly understood why. I mean, there's there's enough Russell Crowe claiming things about why he needs to chase them. Although it's kind of clear that he just wants to. Pers- it's technically, I think it's technically his um, assignment, right? Like it is their it is the task that they have been was set. Was his assignment? But he specifically says he was only supposed to follow them as far as Brazil, and now he's just like doing it because he, he's mad, basically. But uh, the thing that's confusing is there's a lot of talk throughout the movie about like, well, you know, that we really can't really do much to this ship, mm-hmm. right? Because it's so much more modern yeah. and advanced than And theirs, they yeah. kind of do mention that, like, well, you know, we could shoot f- the back of it. It's going to be fairly weak. So we could do that. But it was never clear to me, like, un- and at the end, they don't really engage it directly. They, like, use subterfuge to, mm-hmm. to actually uh, take the ship. So the thing that was super confusing to me is, like, when they were chasing it the whole time, what were they planning to do? I, I never really got a sense of, like, what would they do if... If the other ship just turned around, what, wouldn't they just lose? Like, And why didn't the other ship just turn around and shoot them? Because, yes, maybe they get a good shot or two because they, you know, th- this is the weather gauge part. When mm-hmm. the you're on the, the backside and they have to turn against the wind, you're going to have a more favorable combat position, yeah. I guess. But I wasn't quite sure, like... I didn't really understand that part. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, well, I'm assuming part... that it's just like, well, okay, you kind of just always stay behind them. And then at some point you wait for what? Like, what were they going to well, wait I think, for? And I, you know, I kind I of just think that part of that question is is the issue that, like, the doctor is having a little bit with Russell Crowe's yeah. character. Which is like... We can't really take this ship on. So, like, what is your plan in pursuing it? And Russell Crowe never really has an answer for that. He just, I think it's it's a little bit of a revenge kind of thing. Well, but it works both ways. So I could understand if this is just like a Moby Dick kind of scenario and it's just like, look, he's just chasing it for no reason. There's nothing he's going to be able to do. He's just chasing he thinks, it. I think he, he thinks he'll um, think of a plan. But the flip side of it was more the thing that was confusing me. Mm. I'm like, why doesn't the other guy just turn around? Like, is it really so incredibly disadvantageous in this position that you can't even figure out a way to initiate a fight? And well, I guess could, maybe the answer is yes. It could also just be know. that they aren't, I mean, they might not feel particularly threatened, right? I mean, they're faster, they're stronger. Like, why bother engaging with this other boat? I don't know. I don't know. I They did the first time. They did. They could have just sailed away the first time. They weren't even, they did, the other boat didn't even know they were there, but they 
Sneak specifically attack, yeah. took pains to try and attack that ship. So my assumption, because I've never been given any other information in this movie, is that the other boat does want to engage them. Maybe they felt they, they, felt they were at a disadvantage somehow or, yeah, or, and or so, so, they, they wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. And so that part I felt like didn't come across very well. For all the explanation, you're taking your time to tell me what a sexton is. At no point in this movie does someone explain to me why exactly. Um, and they even have a scene where they kind of vaguely explain the weather gauge which is sort of what this is, but they never took the t- time to mm-hmm. explain why the other ship was not responding. Yeah, I mean, I th- there's definitely the sense in this movie that there's like, there's like naval strategy stuff that I just don't understand, and like I'm fine with that. Um, and it might mean, yeah, maybe it doesn't actually technically work, and the movie is just kind of wrong. Or, but but for me, I'm fine just being yeah. like, I don't really understand all this, but I don't need to. Yeah. That's sort of where I'm at with it, I think. No, I mean, it's, I would suspect, knowing the books, that it was explained in great detail. I would assume the books are pretty accurate. There's probably, like, yeah. an entire chapter called Why the Other Boat Can't Turn Around Right Now. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Like, that's the kind of books yeah. they were. So yeah. I strongly suspect there is a concrete explanation, but it never came through. And it was the one thing I was actually curious about, whereas I know how a sextant worked, so that wasn't particularly interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, that... Just because that was a specific point that, like, the movie has a huge stretch of that happening and to Mm -hmm. kind of really not know why the other boat was running away that whole time was confusing to me. Um, So, you know, that it would have helped to have had a little bit more grounding as to there being a concrete reason why it was doing that. Um, And, you know, there never was. Mm -hmm. Not even at the end do you find out some reason for that. So, yeah, maybe it's just like naval tactics – Trust us, and maybe, but I don't know. I didn't love that. Mm. Put it that way. So um, I don't know that I have that much else to say about the movie. It's, it, for me, it's really pretty basic. Like, mm. l- loved the the realism and the you know immersiveness for sure. Didn't like the character development. Didn't really feel like mm. it worked. It didn't help that like at many places in this movie, Russell Crowe is just pure mumbling. <laughs> like, like there are several shots where he's supposed to say something, and I have no idea what he said. Uh huh. Yeah. Not I don't understand what he said. I don't know what words he said. There were a couple moments um, where I was like, "What did he say?" And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and and so you know that doesn't help, but you know I don't think it really mattered that much because I don't think there's there's just not enough meat character wise for me mm-hmm. separate. But it. it Definitely didn't help that of the of the few lines <laughs> that were said, some of them were just like someone would would look at him and he would look out the spyglass and then he would go. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. And then like they've got the rowboats out, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I guess that was the order to use the rowboats to pull the boat in a towards the thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that order was. Like, <laughs> I don't know what words that order was still. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean. So that wasn't great, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. Um, I, did, I, I, I keep coming back to just, like, the quieter moments or the moments where it's just kind of characters doing stuff. Like, I love the dinner scenes. Like, the, 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 two, the two evils thing was. The past assault was my, probably yeah. my favorite dialogue of the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because again, like I think that's where you know the challenging parts for me is like I just didn't, I didn't love the conversations. I didn't feel like they were, I don't know. It, it just, it didn't get me. But I liked that one. It felt like a real scene. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I, I still feel um, like I feel like these characters feel like it feels fairly authentic to me. I guess. Yeah. Like I, I buy, I totally buy that this is sort of the way that a a dinner among these these people on the ship would go. Right. Um. 
I don't know. They I even just, had a pud. They did. That they was funny. They had a pud. They had a island pud. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I just to me, it's like there was so much character put into the people on this ship. I mean, which is obviously different from what you experienced, but um, to me, it just felt like a real place with real people in it, um, and that was really satisfying. I, part of it too may be lack of time, right? Like with how they, you know, I don't know. Like, so to give a counterpoint, um, I have none of these complaints about the terror. So, mm. like, there's that show we well, watched. Yeah, but I, I, right? I, because I, I was actually just thinking about that. Yeah. Um, which is another, probably one of the only other, few, the few other tall ship kind of, of this, of this. Yeah, and in in that one, and but I don't really I don't know even in, even in the first episode of that, I I felt like I got a a, a much more like emotional connection to the characters, and in, in this I never really did. I I so I don't think I, I don't agree. I I feel to me the the terror does not feel as authentic as this one. It's, to me. I don't think it is. Yeah, because this one this one feels like well I, also it has like a demon polar bear in it. Well, so like that, let's start not, with that. That's not until later. I'm just yeah. meaning the, you know, because there's only a couple episodes <laughs> where it's actually like on the tall ship kind of part of it. Yeah. And it doesn't ever feel, probably as a TV show, lower budget, whatever, does not feel yeah, as yeah. authentic yeah, yeah, yeah. at Much all as budget. this. And um, even though you spend more time with the characters, I wouldn't say that I liked them anymore. Um, yeah. I actually have more fondness, I would say, for like the doctor in this movie. I think he's a really memorable character. Um, and I, I really like I like the stuff he gets to do with the captain. For me, there's a lot there, mm. um, and I really like it. Well, I don't know that there's that much I have more like, to say. I have, like, basically no complaints about this movie, to be honest. It's definitely an Anna movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's uh, for, for me, you have to remember, it's got no, it has no particular, like, of the things that I really like in movies, this movie doesn't have any of them, mm-hmm. right? So it's, you know, the fact that I don't hate it, for starters, is probably a good sign because it's like, it's right. not the kind of stuff I really go to a movie to see. Right. Right. And so uh, I do think it stands uh, up well, given the fact that most of the things I want, right. like, you know, dialogue, right. interesting plotting, right. these sorts of things, none of that is right. happening. Well, it's, right? We're so different. Uh, it's so funny because right. I think... It, I. I can. I think I kind of understand what the experience of watching this movie might feel like for you because it's probably a lot of like how it feels when I have to watch like, I mean, adaptation or or I Heart Huckabees. I Heart Huckabees is probably the closest. Yeah. I although I think I Heart Huckabees was even harder for me to watch than this was yeah. for you. Like I, it's a, probably, it's a yeah. struggle for my to I have to force my brain to like pay attention and it keeps drifting. Yeah. And it keeps drifting and I have to like force myself. Whereas this movie, I'm just. At no point, it's it's a pleasure. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm loving every yes. minute of it. I am lost in it. Yes. You can, the world outside that little that that TV yes, screen yes. is like gone. Yes. Right. And so, since I think that's a fairly rare experience with a movie, like I when I can have that experience, I'm just like I'm loving it. So it's interesting to think about the movies where we are both in that camp because yeah. that's interesting. So, like 2001, I. I kind of do have that experience. There's a couple a sections of, of 2001, I think, um, because of the slower pacing. The first, not the first part. Yeah, I'll where say. where I can, I um, I feel, I feel my, I have yeah, to like, yeah, hey brain, yeah, focus. 
But for the most part, yeah, it's it's you're in it. You're but in a it. lot of like I can I get there. And there's there not the whole movie, yeah. but at a lot of points in the movie, I'm like, yes, I'm totally in it, and I'm I'm that. Um, but yeah, like I can't think of that many movies that I have that. In Dunkirk, maybe was kind of that way for me. I, I don't remember ever like movie. tuning out. I yeah. was like in it the whole time. Yeah, and there's no story to it. Like it's not. Yeah, even that. less. And as you said, even um, less character. Even than, less character. Than, than You're not even really has. supposed to know anyone's name a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It's just there's just people, yeah. and they're in this bad situation, right? Yeah. And it, it did work. Uh, so you know, and and again, that's like you know, that's the interstellar skills coming through well, it's, it's like that a, it's that yeah. visceral movie making right, right? so i think why um, i would say dunkirk for me is probably nolan's most successful movie like yes a, a, as a as an entire piece because it, it relies so little on story and narrative and and yes. character it just it just re- relies on immersive filmmaking and he really excels at that yes. so and uh, this is not a dunkirk podcast but well it's related <laughs> though because the the parts that i think this movie does well are dunkirk-esque mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know i i can't get there on the character stuff but you know it you can see a pretty direct parallel to like the reason the things in this movie work mm-hmm. are the same reasons the things in that movie work yeah the all the action scenes i guess yeah, i should yeah, say yeah. right is this it's just like it really has a good tact like tactile feel mm-hmm. through the whole thing you, mm-hmm. you, you're always like there yep uh when when things are happening right yep so yep well i guess i guess it sounds like we're kind of done we're kind of done talking about master and commander i think we're done i i want to mention one last thing sure uh that uh that i felt like i should mention because i i want to mention it anytime it happens in a movie okay uh and i don't think i've missed one Yet, okay, because I don't think it's happened in any of the movies we've seen. Okay, but there's something that is basically like in all fiction, <laughs> written, yep, or uh, filmed, yeah. If it's gonna be like a musical or something, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. I like musicals. Mm-hmm. If you are going to have like a song, oh, that are you gonna talk about sing? The- Oh, the singing. Okay. Okay. I think we're going to talk. Okay. Well, that reminds me. There's one more thing I can say. I actually do okay. have one criticism of this movie. But anyway, we'll okay. go. We'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll, go, okay. we'll get there okay. after. And I'm I'm thinking like Lord of the Rings kind of stuff, uh-huh. right? Where it's like, he, these are the old like songs that we sang at the blah. Yeah. And we're going to sing them elvish, yeah. whatever. You mean I like don't know. sea shanties. You're talking about the sea shanties and stuff. And this here. one, the sea shanty is like universally hated. I never, ever in my entire life have ever been anything more than repulsed by bad poetry inserted into prose. It drives me insane for but, some reason. But in this context, this is like, this happened all the time. It, it, I, this is like actually historically accurate? I 100% agree. I have no issues with it on a conceptual level. Okay. This is a just a visceral problem I have. As soon as it starts, I almost get like this this feeling of dread. Oh no. Because you can tell it's telegraphed in most things. But someone's going to say something or they're going to be sitting around and look at each other like they're about to sing and I'm like there goes the next four minutes of this freaking movie. Well, to be and fair, I they never it. they never spent that long in this. That's movie. That's gonna say. Scene. So one thing <laughs> I will say to its credit is they kept the songs brief, and I appreciated that. I like that they did have them a couple times though, because that's I mean that's part of a bunch of dudes being out at sea for a while. They would sing. 
And it's like if it's yeah. it, it, like if if I'm somehow editing the script, I would just cross all those sections out and have a little thing that's like that was a cool sea shanty we sang back before when so off very, camera very, and it's like the other person goes yes it was very good very and we move on Casey specific cri- criticism yes it's, it's like, I cannot handle these things I wonder why and it's it's better if it's like an actual sea shanty like this where it's like they're actual sailors on an actual boat right it's in like an it's, actual it's England in context what, ex- what would right. have happened yeah so that's like medium cringe okay but like maximum cringe is when I have to watch like a fantasy shanty. It's weird. That is like it's th- the worst this possible. This is so weird thing though me. because you like musicals, which is just that for three hours or whatever. So, well, uh, yeah, I think the reason is because characters singing a thing is like suddenly inserting the world's worst musical into a movie. Right? It's oh my like. God. That's probably why. It's because yeah, I like musicals. Except but... sea shanties are way better than most musicals. Oh, so. okay. We got to end the podcast now before this turns <laughs> okay, into a scrape. This that, is going to turn to a scrape. No, no, before We're going to we have that. a dust up, <laughs> you and I. Put them up, Retberg. Before we do that, let me talk about my actual one criticism. Please, movie. please do. You you that, have a criticism of the movie. Thank you for reminding me of it. Ro- it's like wrong, fi- wrong fingering on the violin. No, no. But, no it was right, actually right. that. When people in movies and TV shows or whatever are pretending to play an instrument. Okay. But they can't actually play the instrument. Oh, no. It, like, it breaks the illusion. For a movie like this that's about that authenticity, I can understand that. And it's not like they did a terrible job. Actually, like, you could tell that Russell Crowe had, like, actually tried to learn the piece. But just, like, the audio, the, the actual recording they're playing is of, like, world-class kind yes, of like violinist yes, yes, yes. and then he's just kind of doing like yeah. you could just tell by watching him he doesn't and it's like doesn't quite match and anyway it's like they they did the best they could because at the end of the day what else are you going to do but um but it definitely did take that's those are the only moments in the movie that take me out of it and like i love them as scenes like i love that these characters right. play the these like duets together and right and the music is great and it i love how the mu- music kind of fits with what's happening in the movie and all of that's great. It's just like really that that little bit of like, oh, you can tell that they're not really playing it. And it's a little bit, you know. I, I did. Even I noticed that. Like, I don't know how to play a bowed instrument at all. So, But it just doesn't uh, match. Like, you can just see that it right, doesn't match. And I was going to say, even I, because like, I wouldn't notice anything subtly wrong about mm-hmm. like, oh, he's you know, that's not where those notes actually mm-hmm. are or, you know, that's not the proper bow technique, I wouldn't know because I've never played mm-hmm. both instruments. No idea. But y- you do notice when anyone who's ever played, like, I, you know, I can relate it to guitar or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know that you're never going to move y- the neck fingers if the sound on the violin is currently a single tone, yeah, yeah. right? And so you do have this weird thing where you notice Russell Crowe like move his fingers down. The thing is, I don't and know he's how like much trying that's to do it. He's editing though, because if they edited it like where they were trying to do different no, cuts, uh, well so, maybe, but uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he really honestly watching it. I think he was trying to play the thing, yeah. like the bow movements and the yeah. fingerings were like he was. I think he had actually spent a little time and had tried to learn the piece. As but, but, best he could, even though he probably couldn't play violin. And like, but what I'm saying is that might have been editing. Some of that could be editing. If they edit the shot so that it doesn't line up with the music, then he might have been moving his fingers at the right time. Maybe, but you know? I just think I just think but it was like because for me a lot of it yeah. was actually the bow. Like he was okay. 
doing you hear these like long, like what would have been a long a really long bow and he's just like kind of moving it the right direction or whatever but just like not enough and okay. just like that like literally that amount of movement couldn't have made that sound do you know what I mean like stuff like that for all I know Russell Crowe is like a master violinist no you can just tell by looking at him that he's not okay. so it's like <laughs> I can't okay but I mean I'm just saying <laughs> all I'm saying is that was like yeah that's all. That was the yeah. one criticism I'd have, and I, I don't really know what else you could do because I, I, I'd rather those scenes be in the movie than not because I think they're they're like lovely kind of character moments, and so I wouldn't want you to take them out. But they, they needed the modern like f- sort of like uh, face technology right. where they could hire someone yes. uh, with a similar build to Russell Crowe to play violin yeah. completely correctly. Yes. And then they just, just like put, his face in put there. a Russell Crowe head yeah. like they do with Robert De Niro to, to de-age him or whatever, yes. right? And it's kind of that's a creep. It's like need. a creepy Russell Crowe playing violin yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we need for sure. All right. I think we're good. I think we're done. Sailors. Semen. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, uh, anyone out there who's listening from uh, from uh, Netflix or Amazon, you know, Anna Repberg needs you to make Master and or Commander the 10 episode series. I would I would I would love more of this sort of thing. I, I'm, I'm really sad that it never caught on and we didn't have this ongoing series of Master and Commander movies. Well, they obviously wanted that. I mean, that's why they called yeah. it Master and Commander in the first place. Yeah. And it's clearly very high budget. Like, yeah. they thought they were going to make oh, yeah. well, and they even, money on this movie. Well, actually, I think the ending works great as a standalone ending. I love the ending um, where they realize, oh, the captain yep. of that ship's still alive. We yeah. have to go back. And, like, I think that's a great ending because it kind of is, it's the sort of ending where, like, the adventure continues. Uh and you don't need, the, like, it doesn't really need to be a sequel, but it also sort of sets up there could have been a sequel, right? Yes. Um, and I, I don't remember how many books there are in the series, but I there are many. So they probably had tons of sequels they could have done mm-hmm. uh, if they, you know, if it had been successful. Yep. Well, in any Which case. Which it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I'd love to know why. It's probably a combination of factors. People didn't want, people didn't want tall ships. They just didn't want them. No. They then, it's not the title. It's not the title. They then went and spent so much money, like literally five years later or something, on Pirates of the Caribbean. Wasn't Pirates of the Caribbean before this? No. Well, I thought it wasn't. 2003 was Master Commander. I think the first Pirates of the Caribbean was 2000... 2003. Same year. See what I'm saying? Same year. Well, people, I just, people didn't want the they didn't want the gritty realism. They wanted the no. They just want personality. I, I'm I'm not maybe. making they, they this up. They wanted Captain Jack Sparrow. They didn't want Captain Jack Aubrey. <laughs> they might want Captain Jack Aubrey, but we don't know who the hell he is. Okay. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Like people need to relate to characters the way you are relating to the setting, right? Most people are more like me. They're not. The same because I have I'm more finicky. I'm not. I would actually right? say not. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because a lot of people are getting like character stuff out of like Marvel movies that I'm not getting. But so. they're doing it in Marvel movies, right? So in this movie, so so okay. The the where that the way I split from I guess the average there is just that they the the audience in general wants the same things I want. Mm-hmm. I just want them to be done well. Yeah. Like. With like a lot of attention to detail, mm-hmm. and the average audience just wants you to have told them that it was happening, mm-hmm. right? So all, Marvel movies never fail to have a lousy 
telegraphed series of character things. Mm -hmm. Like literally characters will say out loud in a line of dialogue what their character thing is at any given point. They are definitely doing this thing. They just do it really poorly. Mm -hmm. Master and Commander doesn't do it at all. It doesn't do it well and it doesn't do it poorly. It just simply doesn't do it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It doesn't think that's important. It doesn't think screen time really needs to be spent on that very much. And I think the problem is that while you can get away with doing it crappy and people will watch your movie, mm-hmm. I don't think you can get away with not doing it. That's that's my feeling. Because most people need that. They're not satisfied with just being immersed. Okay. They need this sort of, you know, they need the Luke Skywalker stuff. They need them to be able to connect to a grander struggle in that though, way. You know what I mean? Because you compare this like 2001 A Space Odyssey or whatever, but in terms of character, Master and Commander, like 2001 doesn't really have characters. There is nobody would go to see 2001 A Space Odyssey today. That's it true. would be nobody I'm just saying though, like it. if you, you know, talking, talking about experiential movies, <clears throat> like Master and Commander has characters. Like, yes, like it, it compared to 2001. I'm just I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. And that's why I, when I said before, I was like trying to think of a movie mm-hmm. where it didn't have character stuff, but I was you, in it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I picked it, because it was like yeah. the first movie I could think of where I was like, there's no character stuff in this. Mm-hmm. I don't care about these people at all, mm-hmm. really. Right. But I was so into it because it just looks so freaking good. OK. Yeah. And I think the problem with this movie for me to do that is like. I don't have the same inherent feeling about tall ships. I, I see. So it's like the so, setting is not as inherently interesting to you as it right. is to me. So you can't really sell me. It's like, okay, so for the first 20 minutes, they did. Yeah. Like that first 20 minutes, I loved it. I was like, oh, wow. Like they're looking through the spyglass and you see the ship and the thing. Yeah, and, and the like, fog. And, and the, then yep. you have this cacophony of the cannons and, and oh. And, and the another, strategy of like escaping. And, and, and I loved the throwing the saws out on the table. To get ready, like the beat to quarters, mm-hmm. just fantastic. I'm like, okay. After that, I'm like, I got it. Hmm. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, now tell me about these people. And they're like, nah, I'm not really that interested in doing that. And I'm like, oh, right. And it's kind of a letdown for hmm. me. So, so it does work, but it it can't carry a two and a half hour film or whatever this was, a two hour film. I don't. It's remember. pretty long. Yeah, I don't uh, remember exactly. It can't how long. carry it for me to just keep running on that. And so. Um, 2001, for whatever reason, maybe because it's so meticulously visual the whole time. I mean, that's another thing I would say is these shots aren't beautiful to me in the way 2001 is. Yeah. They're they're visceral and they look yes. great, but they are not inherently beautiful to me. Yeah, it's not. 2001 yeah. is inherently beautiful. Those shots, like when I look at them, it's like I'm looking at a painting no, I agree. that I want to appreciate. It's, it's very, it's not, this is not It's that. very different style of filmmaking. Yes. It's extremely competent and it's doing exactly what it is set out to do. Yes. But it is not, it is not like creating beautiful like work of art kind of images. Yes. Uh, there's a few times where I think there are beautiful shots. Yes, um, certainly. Especially far off sh- shots yeah. with the tall ships and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, a lot of the shots, I would say, are very effective. I, I've got no complaints on the filmmaking. Um, and me neither, really. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I hadn't thought about that too much because... It kind of disappears, which I think for this kind of movie is what, what you want a little bit in the filmmaking, right? It's like you want to not yes. be thinking about it. You want it to be helping communicate what you're trying to communicate and not yes. being distracted by it. And, and, and this movie is exactly that. Yes. All of that. All of that. 
And so, so to me, like that's, I think that's probably why 2001 gets away with it for mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. is because they're not really doing that. They're like, let me make this amazing visual thing that you can just look at yeah. and appreciate. Yeah. And so the fact that I'm not that invested in the people in the movie isn't that big a deal because I'm just... You're having a different experience. I'm having a yeah. museum-like experience where yeah. I'm just looking at these paintings and going, wow, that's beautiful. And it doesn't really matter that I don't care about the people in the painting. I don't look at a Renaissance painting or something and go like, gosh, I wish I knew who that guy was. It's like, yeah, not really. I, I'm just looking at it as a visual thing and yep. it's fine. Yep. And if I ask that question, that's fine too. It doesn't really matter. It's not critical, you know. Yep. Um, so, you know, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, I think we definitely disagree a little on this movie, but both I think are positive on it, sounds like. Yes, yes. I, I'm... Uh, I'm more strongly positive. I, I, I basically... I'm, I'm, like you know, I'm I'm thumbs sort of halfway to slightly up mm-hmm. on it. You're like all the way up on yeah, it. Yeah, it's right? it's it's definitely an Anna movie. Uh, it's doing the stuff that I like in movies. And I, I would say I would have no reservations about recommending it to somebody who liked this. Like, I'm a really big Tall Ships guy or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. right? Like, obviously go watch this movie because it's just it's Tall Ship porn from start to finish, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's like that's. That er like need is satisfied, mm-hmm. uh, and they, I you know, I couldn't say where they got the details right, but it sure feels like they did. Yes, uh, you know, yes. So, so uh, a really strong start to our nautical month, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back here again next week. And we don't know what we'll be watching because until the movie club votes, well, by the be time by the time people the time hear this, get, yeah, you will know. You, you will know. know. But we don't. We, don't. Know. You, we have That's to. Right. You know. Takes time. It takes time. There's a little bit of lead time. So anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yes, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon. Bye.